Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me once again, back is the... Is the... <laughs> you're supposed is to say, Mike, Mike Sutherland. It's the Mike Sutherland. <laughs> and uh, this is, of course, Cinescape Movie Review Podcast. Um, this is our Chips episode. We will talk about that wonderful comedy television you just said show wonderful yeah that one well if you you can kind of hear the the disdained uh, straining in my voice when i when i said it but um we're going to talk about that <laughs> that fine piece of uh of television uh, adaptation into a movie and we'll talk about our flicks of the week okay you want to see yours you the howling howling the howling <laughs> the, the Hawaiian versions the howling <laughs> okay that's uh, it's supposed to mean like an outsider, like a white, like a white dude outsider or some shit. Howie, I learned that from uh, Gabriel and Great Iglesias. Okay, you know from the fluffy. Um, mine is going to be because someone requested I do so. Sharon, tenacious D and the pick of destiny. Did you ever tell? Uh, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. So, um, that is my flick of the week. We will talk about that. Some movie news, some movie trailers, whatever the fuck else we want to talk about this week, Mike. Take it away. Okay. I, th- I, for some <laughs> I couldn't reason, think of a name. I thought you were going to say Barbara. I really thought you were going to say Barbara, dude. <laughs> I should start doing the Perry Cox thing where every time we say, you know, what's going on, Shirley? What's going on, Debbie? You know, because he always called Zach's character by a female name. Yeah. You know, take it away, Jenny. How about Monica? Okay. That's a that's a ghetto joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's in reference to uh, the first Fast and Furious movie. Sure. Monica! <laughs> Stella! <laughs> All right. Did we take it away? You yeah. never said the fucking name. I said Jenny. Take it away, Jenny. Oh. All right. Jenny? Who could I turn to? <laughs> Eight six seven five three zero nine. <laughs> yeah. Damn you, Tommy Two-Tone. That's one of those songs where I started listening to the to the lyrics. Like, the whole thing's about a fucking guy in a bathroom stall. Yeah. For a good time call. Yeah, he's jerking it. Great. <laughs> like like the song Turning Japanese, the whole thing's about a guy staring at his girlfriend's picture, right. jerking it, jerking it, right? And he's turning Japanese. Right. It's, it's fucking cool. It's hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. It, the song, I actually the song. like that song too. I know. I, yeah, well, to, yeah, it's I got learned a, how to play it. It's got a it's a got a catchy, you know, groove, man. It's like ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 All right, let's do it. So, uh, yes, Mike and I decided we were either going to see Power Rangers or we were going to see Chips. Chips didn't look that great because look, when you rely on certain things to be in your in your trailer that are on just on the level of crude, 
And look, we both love crude. We love pot of humor, but you got to know how to, you got to know how to place it. You know what I mean? And and the whole movie, the whole trailer for for Chips was just Blame. college college hijinksy. You know, it, fuck it, putting wise on the end of everything. It's so, lame. It, it was stupid. It, <laughs> look, <clears throat> the whole point of Chips is to make a movie based off of. Yeah. The TV show. 1977 to 1983. Yeah, and the trailers didn't show that. And the first thing that I said to you, and I'm paraphrasing myself because I can't remember exactly what I said, was this is garbage. And I'm pretty much <laughs> right on with what I said. You know, and what it was for me was that the crotch scene in the trailer, well, the two crotch scenes, you know, the two crotches touching each other in the locker room. Yeah, bumping dicks. And then Michael Pena's face going into Dak Shepard's um, crotch. Right. Those two scenes were so funny in the trailer that it kind of like overshadowed the rest of it for me, and so it wasn't even funny to me. It was funny because it's stupid. It's 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 like it's so it's it's overdone. Like like oh my god, I can't. Believe, oh my god, you know. It's, right. it's just funny because it's overreacting, right? And then everyone's jumping on this. Oh, homophobia! Come on, dude. If you're gonna apply the, the term homophobia, apply it properly. This isn't homophobia. This is more like just dude on dude grossed outness. That's right. it. Right. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's why I, th- I was hoping that the movie would be better than the trailer. But deep down, I knew. That's why my piece of shit, I said it was going to be a piece of shit, because I knew it. I knew it was going to be, because th- if the trailer relies only on, t- on crotch scenes, movie's probably not going to have any depth to it. And it does not have any. It, this movie, This movie is... It's trying to bullshit you. That, that, that uh, that's it. This this is a fucking magic show. That's what this movie is. It, it it's trying to tell you that it's chips, okay? Because it gives you the title. It has part of the theme song put into the music. You know, it's got characters named after characters from the show. So it's trying to make you think that you're watching chips, but you're not watching chips. <laughs> Okay, you're watching you're, salsa. You're watching fucking a, another ride along or something. You're, you're watching dips. You're watching a shitty. <laughs> there you go. Watching dip, and we're the dipshits that are fucking paying to yeah. see this shit. And well, I I use my free ticket for this one, thank God. But but still, I feel your pain because you had to pay for this motherfucker, right? The thing is though, this is like normally all the shit that we're talking about this movie, I would have probably given it like it would sound like I'm probably gonna give it like a one 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 out of ten, right? But it's not the, the weird part is the, the no matter how ridiculous this movie is with the premise. And the acting, well, not uh, just the characters, the how poorly written the characters are. It's still watchable. The right. whole the whole entire film from start to finish is watchable. I don't know how the fuck it is, but it is. Maybe because I, this is what I think it is, and this is like one of the only two positives with the movie, the cinematography, for all of the driving scenes, especially on the highway, the this, the the camera work was very good. I kept noticing it throughout the film. It looked great. It seemed like more effort was put into the fucking photography than it, it did in anything else. You know, it, it the movie looks good, but that's not enough. That's not enough. Never was enough. You know, just like that new Coco movie that's coming out from Pixar. Oh, it looks fucking great. The the the, the animation looks amazing, but Coco, movie, Coco, Coco. But I don't. It's not interesting. There's that pink hair broken brought again. Why are you always showing her? Don't worry about fucking it. Pervert. Just keep fucking going. <laughs> So I'm not. Anyway, chips is that's what it is. It's the whole movie's trying to convince you that it's chips, and it's distracting you with all these other things too at the same time. Like like it, it makes you realize that there's not much story to this movie. There's not much anything because 
it get it does this thing where you have Michael Pena's character, who's a who's a federal agent, who gets sent all the way to to California. Well, to, to, even the poster. Look at the poster. Chip happens. Really. That that should be on the fucking uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yes. Wasn't that on Alvin and the Chipmunks poster? I from believe one it of the was. Five that they've made so far. Oh, tall. Alvin. <laughs> so yeah, and all the actors in this movie are wasted. Um, the cameos are are pretty much wasted. I th- I thought that Vincent D'Onofrio was really good in it. Well, there's that scene where they're in the gym and 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 you know, Pena thinks he has the upper hand by saying I've got you and I'm gonna get you and blah blah blah, right? Uh-huh. And then fucking all of a sudden D'Onofrio's just like <laughs> he fucking they call him a silverback ape, right? Because he's right. a white guy, so you can say he's a silverback ape when he acts ben like Ben Falcon. Right? Well, anyway, so <laughs> if you just call anybody silverback, it's just because they're older. So. They call this guy. Yeah, Richard T. Jones. He's he was in a lot of stuff. Um, he Judging was, Amy, that's what he was in. He was on the Terminator's um, Sarah Connor, Connor Chronicles, also. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he is. He usually. Uh, oh, he's on. Um, he's he's the he's the good cop on the Santa Clarita Diet. Right. Narcos, American Horror Story, Extant, yeah. NCIS. Yeah. So, so Richard T. Jones shows up for like three scenes in this movie, right? The scene with the partner, his partner, you know, his friend dying, right? Uh-huh. Then the scene where he tells, or, or whether in the CHP meeting, then there's a scene where he tells, uh, he tells Ponch, you know, Michael Pena, to stay the fuck away uh-huh. from from his partners, you know, blah blah blah, his wife. And then there's the, uh, and then there's the scene where he fights him, and I think that's the last time you see him in the whole fucking movie, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, he's sitting in the back of the car, and then yeah, so you don't see him again for. For whatever, yeah, right. right. Like, wasn't his friend that got killed? Where is he involved in this anymore? Is he just in the background? What the? F- this dude has been consistently working since 1992. Yeah, yeah, he's been in a lot of shit, dude. I, it's weird. It's weird too because there's times where he's got a leading role or close to a lead, like a like a supporting role, and then there's times where he's just like a, an extra in in things. Like he'll show up for one scene, you know, and he'll have like one line and like. Well, I've seen Richard T. Jones in big budget movies, so where, why the fuck is he? Where's the? Well, he started off doing, you know, like he was in Mantis as Gangbanger Number Two. <laughs> I think every black actor in Hollywood always has to start off as Gangbanger Number Two, right? Or Renegade the TV <laughs> or, series or, as Slick, or Bank Robber Number Two. Yeah, well, he played Ike Turner uh, Jr. in What's Love Got to Do with It. I think that was his big, yeah. his big uh, break. But he was in fuck. He was in NYPD Blue. In the heat of the night, courthouse. I almost just went into a full belted in the heat of the night song. Brooklyn South. <laughs> Allie McBeal. I think that out of respect for, for, <laughs> for the people that are sleeping upstairs, that's why I didn't do it. I think he's been in every major fucking uh, lawyer show, Judging Amy, uh, CSI Miami, cop shows, lawyer okay. shows. Yeah. Dirt. So- this okay. Let me go back to what I was saying. Is how this movie, it it's it. There's no focus with it because it's all over the place. Like this podcast. It's yeah, exactly. And but at least we we're gonna end up at the at the right right spot, right? You know. So eventually, we're gonna tell you what we think about this movie. We'll get there. But it's like the movie wants you to buy its bullshit. So it 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 has this storyline where you have Dax Shepard's fucking motocrossed fucked up veteran right where he's so fucked up he's got even got you know metal implants in his body yeah which look this makes no sense to me he is an ex-sports guy who's lost all his money yeah 
who's had whoever, however, fucking a hundred different surgeries. Yeah, he's on painkillers, and he's not using a leg brace for his bad leg. Yeah, <laughs> or bad knees. Yeah, anybody that's anybody would have a leg brace. Yeah, and he's he's taking a cocktail of painkillers every day. Right. Uh, he's in denial with about his wife. Right. He's got a live-in divorce, you know, going on, where his his wife is uh, dating. Is banging the fucking uh, her, her her student, her pool student, right? And she's played, a swim instructor, played by Josh Duhamel, who he, he never, none of his, he didn't pop up in any of the credits for the movie, even as a cameo, huh? But whatever. Uh, it it seemed like they they had to throw in the wife thing. Well, besides the fact that Dax Shepard, of course, he's married to, to Kristen Bell, so they they have to be in together in everything, including commercials. So I understand her being in the movie, but the fact that it seemed like she, her character, not her, not the actress herself, but the character was put in the movie specifically so you had a, a, a relatable reason why he was so determined to go into the CHP was just because he has a wife that he's trying to keep his marriage going, right? Right. And But it had ended. Yeah, and it, it was like it wasted all this time with that. Look, the show's also about it's about it's about situations that happen with the CHP, right? And it's about the interactions between the the the, the CHP officers, the you know Ponch and, and and his partner and all that stuff from the show. So why didn't they spend more time with that instead of all this? Oh, the fucking the boss. The well, boss. hold on. Let's let's start at the beginning. I did. I said he got sent from fucking Florida to L.A. to be undercover. Yeah, but. That's the problem. 100%. This is the problem with the movie. Yeah. Which is John and Ponch are fucking... Okay. You cannot fundamentally change characters. Yeah. That would be akin to making Luke Skywalker a dwarf. <laughs> you know? Or, you know, he's he's... Even though he's the son of Darth Vader or whoever. Or making Doctor Doom a computer hacker. Yeah. Yeah, or you know, you know, Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man is the son of Iron Man. Uh-huh. Right? Things like that. Fundamentally changing characters. Yeah. You know, Han Solo is also Han Solo is Luke's brother. Ugh. You know, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It never works. You can't be and uh, who who made this did Sony make uh chips? No, it was Warner Brothers. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so yeah, we'll talk. We're going to talk again about Warner Brothers at the end of this podcast too. So don't worry about that. So y- you have Dax Shepard who writes and directs and stars in the movie. Mm-hmm. And jokingly, I said, you know, during our piece of shit or not, which is starring Dax Shepard as Dax Shepard as John <laughs> Baker as Ponch as his wife. You know, yeah. no, you have and, and Kristen Bell because you know they're married. Yeah, and you know Dax Shepard as. You know Vincent D'Onofrio and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that w- that was my joke, but mm-hmm. it, it's true. You have taken you have taken a TV series and you've made a joke out of it. Yeah. You know whether or not you like the TV series. I grew up with the TV series. I love the TV series. It didn't matter that and Dukes of Hazard and Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. When I was growing, when I was eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah, that, that same for me. It was, <coughs> it was a kid thing. You know, I, I liked it when I was a kid. Right. But I could tell now that I probably wouldn't enjoy watching it. Well, you never know. Yeah, I when I see it here and there, it, it it's like it's 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 past for me. Well, okay, so, so fair certain, enough. Certain things, yes. Certain things, no. But again, changing the characters, John Baker as an extreme sports guy, Ponch as you know, it's it's an assumed FBI name. Yeah, 
You know why Francis Llewellyn Poncharello? Why I- exactly? Why? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you fucking fundamentally change the movie just to just to make a stupid cringe comedy? But you, you they still could have made the comedy, but kept the characters the same. Yeah, but you, you know, can't. No, no, I mean from the show, keeping you, the same. No, from the no, show. no, you can't. The show is not a comedy. That's the problem. You can't fundamentally change the product. And they continually fundamentally change these products to either A, get more people to watch this movie and say how great it is, you know. Which they're not. Which, yeah, you know, <laughs> to, to get these quotes from uh, other entertainment magazine sources or entertainment sources. Yeah. You know, the biggest comedy of the year, blah, blah, blah. Well, no. It doesn't generate revenue when you fuck with a show that has history. It's a crime drama, and in, and if you're going to if you're going to make fun of it, <clears throat> just because it's an '80s product, yeah, which seems to be the the, the theme, <coughs> you know, like with Dukes of Hazard, yeah, <clears throat> it ultimately ruins the product. Well, look. Wesley Snipes' Sydney, Sydney Dean character from White Men Can't Jump. He said it perfectly. You could throw a cat in an oven, but that don't make it a biscuit. Okay. <laughs> you can call this chips all you want. That don't mean it's fucking chips. Right, and that, and they shouldn't have called it chips. They should have called it something else. No, it shouldn't have been chips at all. They, they should have called it extreme shit. <laughs> or, you know, stuff that blows up with assumed names. Or chip shot. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> Cream chip beef. <laughs> okay. But... With, with with the way that this movie was set up originally, it it should have been it it should have been lethal weaponed, mm. you know. But movie studios aren't interested in that shit. They're 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 interested in in the big event. Dude, they gave fucking Dax Shepard twenty five million dollars to make this yeah. movie, and <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, they're they're interested in the big event, and the big event I mean is they don't care about character development. They want to get. It's like having an orgasm. Yeah. Or 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 food. I've I've I've, I've relegated it to food. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier. You can sit there and go to a great restaurant, and the guys will make your food for you, and it'll come out, and it's you know, Morton's or whoever you go to, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it, it's one of the best meals that you've ever had. Yeah. Or you can go to McDonald's, and that's what they continually do with these movies. Yeah. Instead of Instead of letting it simmer and letting it bake to perfection, they go to McDonald's. Yeah, you know, and then they give us they they give us this fucking bullshit. This uh, I won't say derived, but well, it is derived. Yeah, this 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 all this was derived. You, you, look, even with even with D'Onofrio's character, oh. Well, he's got to have a motivation to why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, cookie cutter, and and that in that mode, I was thinking about that too, the the motivation behind Vincent D'Onofrio's character, which is <coughs> he's stealing money from Brinks trucks because his son's a junkie. Yeah, c- exactly, because his son is a junkie and he wants to leave the city to go to Hawaii. Yeah, and, he's, or, and then oh, you know, so you got to have the scene where his son to cure him. His son's sleeping late in bed. Right. You know, he's like, and he's like, we're gonna take care of you, son. Yeah. I was like, fuck, dude. And, look, he, and the son's stealing money. Yeah, and look, D'Onofrio sells me on no matter what he's in. Right. And so I, he's good enough. To, he, look, he, you Just give, because he's in a bad movie doesn't he, make yeah, him. He, you give him shitty lines, he's still going to make them sound decent. Right. And he does. I, I believe his character. Right. I, I, I totally believe his character. But the, the, That's about it. But the, 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 
everything around him is right. bullshit. It, yeah, the the, the 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 fucking the CHP chick that was checking out um, uh, uh, Dak Shepard's bike, who's yeah. hot and she's wearing yoga pants. She's got like of an Aubrey Plaza thing going on. And then when she and then when she's wearing the uniform, they and they're making fun of the CHP uniform. Yeah, you know, what can Brown do for you? Yeah, we're looking like UPS drivers. <laughs> you know, and, and and then all of a sudden she's interested in him. Yeah, but yeah, she makes fun of his age. Right. But yet, because, dude, you can tell he's at least twice her age. Oh, yeah. Right? Which, whatever. But it's still. It, yeah, I, I don't give a shit about age. But, yeah, she's making fun of him, and then she's not interested, and all of a sudden she's interested in him. Yeah. With, with f- Out of nowhere. Yeah. He's like, you know, I could go for a kiss right now, about now. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Said, okay. I mean, I like the fact that he... When he's dialoguing with his wife, and she's like, he's like, she's like, oh, I love you, and everything. He's like, yeah, well, you're kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of stolen from The Hangover, <laughs> right there. You know, right. with that Helms at the end, where he finally stands up to his his cheating whore of a, you know, fiance. So it, that this, yeah, this, this look, this movie is this movie tries to be Twenty One Jump Street, the movie, but it fails. It, it completely fails at it. Just because you have some good, some decent, you know, action scenes with with the with the car chases and good cinematography, nothing else, nothing else lands on the ground. It doesn't. It it just it's it feels it feels processed. Like you were talking about the McDonald's thing and stuff, right? It it feels processed. It's nothing feels genuine with it. Yeah, D'Onofrio, he's he's genuine with his performance, but everything around him's fake. You know when. Uh, the whole time that Michael Peña's character is pretending to be undercover when he's around Dak Shepard, it felt fake. It felt forced. Like, oh, this 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 um, this conflict between them, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, finally, but it, finally they have the scene about halfway through where they're both in, you know, he, where Peña goes to help him because no one else will help will help Dak Shepard get to the bathroom, right? So he can get ready for work, get to his pills, and. There's actually a moment of honest two dudes having a moment where it's just funny and it's awkward and it, it, and they both see the the humor in that and they both laugh about it instead of the the whole time like say if Michael Pena's character was just put off you know so the whole day in, of that part of the movie he's just like oh god I can't believe I did that they didn't do that thank God instead there's a laugh between them and it it was great that that right there that part made me think that the, this movie had potential. It had a lot of potential that it could have worked off of because those two have chemistry together. When they're actually not bullshitting each other and bullshitting the audience, they have chemistry, you know, and they could have worked so well if if someone had, you know, other than Dak Shepard could have taken the time to actually write these characters better and to actually, I don't know, write the story better and, and not call it chips. Or if you're going to call it chips, maybe you could have made it less uh, comedic, like you were saying, but but still have that formula like the show had. Why is it so hard? It was like, uh, what was it? They would do little things that would try to make it like the show. Like, for example, when Michael Pena chases down Ed Bagley Jr.'s character and he's got that free pass. Yeah. I could totally see that happening on the show. You know, like if the show is now. Right. But I could see that happening in the 70s too. Some rich guy from Beverly Hills. Is, oh, I've got the free pass. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. But then you had the goofy shit where he kicks him in the fucking leg and and, and then that's where it goes overboard with it. You know, it... The movie where they where like they close down the entire freeway because of this one guy, and then they give him a free pass. Yeah, like no, 
<laughs> and he was reckless driving too. So yeah, and, and look, I know it's, it's a movie and he's undercover, and but like, would a real CHP officer really fucking assault another CHP officer in front of a civilian? No, no, no. They would wait for the locker room or behind the bar, at, you know, that night when they're when they're when they're in the civvies or whatever, right? When right. Not fucking right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like well, in Lethal Weapon, where he takes him into the fucking. Where they're redoing the uh, the the construction, the, yeah, yeah, and he slams the door and it, it doesn't close. Yeah. It just flips, th- yeah, which is funny in and of it's itself. Because I don't even know if that was intentional or not. Yeah, I don't think it was. I think he uh, it meant to slam it in, yeah. in, in in an acting moment because he did like a double take on it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and it just kind of limply fucking swung back and forth, and it felt natural though, didn't it? Right, and, and that's why you, that's what I say about making a lethal weapon style chips yeah you know you don't necessarily have to do lethal weapon where john baker is a fucking you know karate expert or fr- but you have that partner that buddy yeah. cop movie you know like the uh, like well kind of like the other guys but more mm-hmm. serious yeah but you know i'm just trying to think of other movies like lethal weapon the good guys yeah good guys tv series uh, uh well the, the lethal weapon tv series on um fox it's getting better and better um it's the the chemistry between the two leads is really good uh and this the the stories i mean it's very episodic 48 hours it's very episodic of course because you know you're going to do that the standard 22 episodes a season shit right so it's going to be stretched but um Tango there's there's little little things that happen in the movies that that come up in one way or another during during the show yeah but and you could you could still you could do or Beverly Hills Cop you know i own almost every one of those movies on dvd or blu-ray right <laughs> but 48 hours would have been great or running scared you know, I have all of those except for Theodore Rex and Running Scared. Yeah, who the fuck watches Theodore Rex? <laughs> that I think that's what killed Whoopi Goldberg's career was Theodore Rex. You know, she's got a career, dude. You haven't been paying attention much to the fucking news. I don't watch The View. Fuck The View. Yeah, she's what? Because she has an egot. <laughs> what? You don't know what an egot is? No. It's the four. You have the four trophies. It's the Emmys, the um, the uh, the Grammys, the Oscars, and a Tony. EGOT. Does she? Yes. I think she's, there's barely anyone that has an EGOT, but she is one of them. There's seven of them, I think. Mike Nichols, Whoopi Goldberg, yep. Scott Rudin, Robert Lopez. And eight more rows. Okay. Yeah, those are called, I can't believe I remembered that, but yeah, it's called an EGOT. Why don't they call it no, a togi? One, two, three. I would four, call it a togi five, instead. Six, seven, eight, EGOT. Eight, ten, 11, 12. There's 12, and Mel Brooks is one of them. Mel Brooks is fucking awesome. Mike Nichols. Hey. Marvin Hamlin. Where's Trey Parker? <laughs> Rita Moreno, of all people, Rita Moreno. <laughs> Trey Parker should have one. Yeah, but took, it oh, took well, Helen Hayes forty-five. Well, wait, Blame years. Canada didn't win an Oscar, so Robert Lopez did it in ten years. That's pretty good. Yeah, see, see Whoopi Goldberg. She's in very, very limited um, club with that. Barbara Streisand, Liza Minnelli, <laughs> you Alan know, Menken, you and know Harry Belafonte. You know I'm going to do it, right? You, every time that name is brought up, uh huh. Mama, mama, mama. Do you love me now, mama? <laughs> God damn it. So um, I keep putting on movies um, that <laughs> that my kids haven't seen, but they've seen every single one of these um, movies have a scene reenacted on Family Guy one way or another. So they've seen the Family Guy first. So then when I put on these movies, they go, <laughs> Family Guy, right? <laughs> so what was it? There's just two movies I did. I um, I put on Blazing Saddles because my, my boys have never seen it, right? So we watched Blazing Saddles, and they were like, yeah, we're fucking, you, you, you know. And then uh, I put on uh, Office Space last night. And the part where they're they're beating up the, um, where 
<laughs> where they're beating up the printer. Uh huh. They're fucking. They're both of them are like, yeah, there's a, they did that on Family Guy. <coughs> I said, I go, yeah, Family Guy copies everything. They did that on The Simpsons. Yeah, Simpsons did it. Well, it became a running joke on Family Guy where the, every time he's, every time, well, it became a running joke on Family Guy and South Park. Uh, you know, where it was every time they did something, somebody would mention the Simpsons already did this. Yeah, Simpsons did it. All right, so, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, God, how did we go? Oh, oh, you were going over the movie, uh, action movie list, and then I, Theodore Rex, will be we go over, fuck, six degrees, man. So, yeah, because you keep, yeah. Well, you, you, you went on this goddamn thing, man. I, I mean, you I, went on a fucking tangent. I didn't. <laughs> Freebie in the bean. I never heard of that. You ever heard of <laughs> Yes, I have. Good cop, bad cop, or is it? I have uh-huh. the rookie. Bold I got cop. to watch. They were filming the scene where um, Raul Julia was a great racist. You gonna let me fucking that. finish? I'm supporting you here. You're not. You're talking. Stop talking. I'm talking. All right. No. Um, we got to f- watch the scene where um, was it? Clint Eastwood and Charlie Sheen were chasing a truck, a um, a, a motor a motor vehicle carrier yeah. truck. And the the ramp came down. And I guess they were releasing cars at them, and it was all filmed in San Jose. It was yeah. actually a pretty good scene. So we got to watch that for a little bit. Me and my dad. Cool. Um, yeah. It, the, I always remember about the rookie was staying at my friend's house, and and we would his parents would take us to the video store, and we'd rent like seven movies at a time. Uh huh. And we would just have a we'd have a, a you know a marathon of movies to watch, and the rookie one time was one of them. Alan Arkin. All I remember about the rookie was Raul Julia making racist comments at every um, every person who was a different race than him in that movie. <laughs> every single time he would bring up their race, whenever he, either Irish, Spanish, black, whatever, he'd always he was a, he he played a great racist in that movie. Sure, I miss Raul Julia again. All right, so let's get. I, I don't want to talk about this movie really much anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> this movie in all co- the movie's predictable as fuck. Um, well, here, hold on before we before we do this. So I posted my, the piece of shit that we did, right? Yeah. And I posted it late. Are you? Oh no! Don't worry about. Stop it. picking. I'm poking, not picking. <laughs> <laughs> Go. And uh, my buddy Dave, like, fuck this movie, god damn it, you know, blah 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 blah. Yes. And he's like, hey, you know, uh, my, even my friend Larry Wilcox won't won't uh go see this movie blah blah, blah. He, he doesn't like it yeah and I, fucking not 10 minutes later larry wilcox commented on on one of our posts now validation my friend that's i valid fucking dation how fucking loud do you need to be <laughs> <laughs> i'm emphatic yeah that, emphasize on the word fat that that, fucking, <laughs> that, that that's that legitimizes us yeah when larry wilcox is like you know basically what he said was dumb and dumber it, it's a stupid movie yep you know and uh i commented i was like you know of course being a huge fan of chips yeah you know i was disappointed blah 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 and i am i'm i'm disappointed in this movie it's yeah. not it's not chips it's not chips it's it's a stupid comedy where it has a lot of wasted talent fucking a it does fucking a yeah, I mean, look at Maya Rudolph shows up for a quick scene. Ben Falcone shows up for a quick scene. Uh, fuck, who else, man? <laughs> I don't even want to get into the fucking Eric Estrada cameo at the end. That was just gross. What, yeah, what a fucking wasted effort. Yeah, exactly. That that was one of those, um, like, 
That's one of those things that we would have normally have mentioned on the, the piece of shit prediction is uh, the blatant cameo because it's based on a TV series or another movie. Right. And, and you know, where they just have someone in there just to, to have them in there instead of actually having some kind of substance to it, right? Like, for example, when you go back to the 21 Jump Street movie, the part where Peter DeLuise and fucking Johnny Depp are, you know, in community, you know, they're incognito, right? They're undercover. Then all of a sudden, Johnny Depp rips the mask off and then, you know, oh, find out, oh, hey, well, they actually, you find out that 21 Jump Street is not a redo. You know, it's not a remake of the TV series. It's actually the same universe as the TV series. Right. It's just later on. It's an extension. Yeah. And that, that's fucking awesome. So it was great to have Peter DeLuise and, um, and uh, Johnny Depp show up in that. Well, Holly Robinson showed up too for a quick scene, but that was that was the that was one of those pointless cameos where oh she's in the parking lot, you know, as a cop, you know. But then where the fuck was Richard Grieco? I didn't see any Richard Grieco, did you? Not until the sequel, and he shows up during the end credits, I think. So yeah, this movie is it's watchable. It's it's way more watchable than it should be because I think it's yeah it's because of the talent and and a couple of other little things, but. Otherwise, though, it's 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 a waste. The whole movie is a disappointment. It's a waste. Uh, I think there's 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 more than a few times I giggled, but laughed out loud eh, maybe twice, two three times at the most, and it wasn't. And it was fleeting. It wasn't like it was something that could, you know, you'll remember forever. You know, like like the part where Jason Biggs fucks the pie in American Pie or something. You know, <laughs> but you know, it just it, there's nothing that's gonna stay with this movie. I don't I. I'm never going to rent it. I'm never going to buy it. I'm never going to see this again. I don't care to. And that sucks. Um, the movie currently... No, it doesn't. It's, the movie sucks. It doesn't suck that you're not going to rent it. Yeah. It just sucks that that this could have been way better than it was. Way better. Um, I gave it a... I think I gave it a three and a half out of ten. It's about what I'm going to give it. Two yeah. and a half to three. Yeah, because there's worse. I, I You know, Ride Along is worse. Ride Along is like not entertaining at all. Right. It, the whole time I'm just feel like I'm being tortured as I'm watching it. Yeah. This if they one, didn't call this chips, I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, it would have just been like it would have been, been a four. It would have been a four or five, yeah. You know, middle ground thing. But just don't call it chips, you know. Right. But fundamentally changing characters does not make it It was like the Robocop remake. Yeah. It was like, dude, it was a good sci fi movie, just don't fucking call it Robocop. Yeah. You know? Cyborg Cyborg Juice Cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking weirdo. I don't know. <laughs> Live by Night Cop. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, I was going to bring this up. Remember when we saw Live by Night right. and how Affleck he did the producing, the I think he did the co-writing of the screenplay. Right, he adaptation. wrote, directed, produced yeah. it. Yeah, and you're like, well, that's you know, Bravo for him. He's fucking trying shit. And, right, and and you're right, but at the same oh, time, oh, I'm not, I'm not. I if you notice, I've never once said he shouldn't have done this. Yeah. But at least he tried. Yeah, he, and that's why I gave kudos to to Dak Shepard for trying. Yeah, writing but, and directing and acting in a movie is not hard. I mean, it's not is is very hard. It's not yeah, easy. Yeah, <laughs> talk, talk to Mel Brooks about that. You know, or Kevin Smith. Yeah, you know, I, I couldn't imagine trying to direct a movie and then be in front of the camera at the same time. Yeah, the only good thing about this movie was you know the 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 actual action scenes. Yeah, they weren't bad. Yeah. Well, then yeah the. The same old predictable shootout at the end. Well, yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the action scenes, the, yeah. the chase scenes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I gave the movie a three and a half out of ten. Um, right. It has a current approval rating of 18% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah. that means 18 out of every 100 movie critics gave this movie a positive. Which, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. So that means that most critics, the, well, on average, four out of five critics hated this movie. Right. So... 
That says something right there. All right, whatever. Yeah. Oral B. Toothbrush. Yeah, you know, four out of five dentists approve. Yeah, I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. He said they were big on that in the fucking 80s and 90s when they were selling toothbrushes. Yeah. And trident gum. <laughs> and that too. All right, so are we done with chips? Yeah. You sure you don't want to talk about this anymore? I'm pretty sure. The hotties or, or, or the sexual addiction? No. Or anything like that? No, I'm done. I don't, I'm done with this fucking movie. Okay. I will say this, though. The sexual addiction thing. What is up with the fucking thumping? My knuckle hit the edge of the table. Move on with your life, okay? Shut up. So the part, the the whole subplot with with Pena's character having a sexual addiction. I thought we were done with the fucking movie. I wanted to, because I realized we hadn't addressed this. That could have been a hilarious subplot that they could have really done something with. And instead, it's this fucking just, it pops up here and there. Oh, he went to go jerk off, or or there's a, a a homely chick coming out of his hotel room, and they they fucking deep tongue each other. Right. It, it was wasted. It was a waste. That was another wasted opportunity with this movie. They could have done something really funny with his sexual addiction, but they at the same time they didn't even need to fucking put that in there at all. Right. It was fuck this movie. Yeah. Flick of the week. Okay. Go. <laughs> all right. So. Mine um, at the rec- I was going to pick something better this week because I wanted to talk about Redbox. Like I can't believe I haven't started going to Redbox until recently because Redbox is three times cheaper than ordering movies off of my cable. Okay, and I don't I never order movies off cable. I'm just I'm um, dissuaded by doing that because I look and see oh rent this movie for six fucking dollars for twenty four hours right? And I'm like fuck. So anyway, I went to uh, I went to Redbox the other day at my at my local Walmart. And they had movie. They had a shitload of movies in there, and I got three fucking new releases for six bucks. That's tax included, okay? For if you get them for a twenty four hour period, right? that's fucking awesome. So I got Officer Down. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. But they only had it on DVD. But I got Officer Down. I got okay. So they only had it on DVD. You wanted to get on v- VHS. I want to get on Blu-ray. Oh my god! I always want Blu-ray because oh good. here's the trick about rentals, okay? Rentals get fucked up over time because you have it's like a rental car, right? You have different assholes with each fucking time, each rental. So, blue DVDs get scratched. Blu-rays, it's hard as fuck to scratch a, D, a Blu-ray really? as easily as it is to scratch a DVD. Okay, one hundred fucking percent. Okay, but you, you can still scratch a Blu-ray. I'm just not as easily. It's the same kind of disc. It's just got a, a different coating on it. So, well, yeah, one way or another, but still. So I want to rent Blu-ray. Also, I want the the full-on high definition. It just that's just me. It's particulars. You know, roll your fucking eyes. So I got Officer Down. I got the Purge, uh, the newest Purge election fucking year, right? And then I got you rented that, although you've already seen it. No, no, I saw the first two Purges. I didn't see the third one. We never went to the theaters to see the third one. Oh, I thought you had seen it. No, third one. And yeah, it's fucking retarded. It's it's even more retarded. Part two is the only one that's good in the whole fucking series, and part two was fucking retarded as well. So, <laughs> so I got the third Purge movie, and then the third movie that I got was Swiss Army Man, with you know we're the we're, farting corpse. We're, yeah, the oh fuck, dude. So anyway, next week I will do I will do Swiss Army Man. Okay, but that's why I want to talk about Redbox because holy fuck, dude, you save a lot of money by go, switching to Geico and also going to Redbox. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this week I was going to do Swiss Army Man. But then my cousin came on. Um, she just sent me a, a random text out of somewhere or something. I can't remember what the fuck it was. Which reminds me to bring up the whole story of the <laughs> her sharing the fucking movie stuff. Uh, Did you tell her about what she should do? Um, okay, so Sharon, Sharon had a concern because 
every time well, it was not every time. Yeah. When she she shared our most recent was it a most recent movie review, which was Get Out, two different shares popped up. Yeah. With people advertising to watch movies for free, go to this website, blah, blah, blah. And then when she did it with SoundCloud, same thing. So I I did a little I just did a some quick research uh-huh. just to make sure that there was nothing that was causing any problems on our end <laughs> and come to find out that she's probably friends with these people or a friend of hers is friends with these people. Yeah. So I suggested that every time she share, she includes these two people in her shares with our SoundCloud stuff and our, our movie reviews uh-huh. oh, and the piece of shit. Anything that we share she and she wants to share it. She should share it with them. Share it to them. Yeah, share yeah. it to them. So I told that to Joe, and he's like, "I'm going to tell it to her." So I'm wondering if that actually happened. I hadn't gotten to it because me and my cousin never talk on the phone. We just text. Back yeah, and just forth. text her it. Yeah, it was in the middle of something at the time, and I forgot about it. So anyway, sorry. Well, fucking guess what, bruh? Guess what? She listens to the show, so she'll hear that on Friday. What the fuck ever? It doesn't matter. It's- She'll hear it one way or the other. I'm just saying. So anyway, the other day, like day before yesterday, she sends me a text <laughs> about one of these times you should do Tenacious D in the Pick of Dis- Destiny as your flick of the week. The Pick of Disney? Yeah. It, <laughs> fuck, man. What? My Flick of Destiny. That's what this sh- fucking one should have been called. The Flick of Destiny. God damn it. Oh, too late. No. Oh, no. no I can't. I'm so upset. I can't, I, I can't put on the show even though I just talked about no, it. Go home. <laughs> I'm gonna go home now. Hindsight, man, hindsight. Um, so she said, you know, why don't you do, you know, tenacity and the, and the flick, you know, as flick of the week. And I pretty much said, look, I, I've watched Tenacious D. I own it on D. I own it on DVD. Tenacious D. Now I'm gonna have a different view tonight on the movie. But before watching this movie twice in the last two days, I will say this: I've seen Tenacious D. and the Picket Destiny three times before that. I bought it on DVD. Because this is one of those movies that you want to be better than it is. And I've given the, uh, before, before watching it twice, I watched it three times. And I gave it, that means I gave it three chances. And each time I was underwhelmed by the overall thing of it. It was something about it. Like there's great moments, like the fucking, the, the beginning, the whole, um, the kickapoo scene with him singing with, uh, with, with, uh, Meatloaf. Fucking loved it. But, the movies to me was inconsistent and I just, eh, right? And I think also it's a mood type movie. So anyway, I said, fuck it. I will watch this movie again because I want this to be, I want to enjoy it because my cousin, like, this is like a guilty pleasure for her, right? You know, and a lot of people didn't like the movie. Oh, I'm sorry, non Tenacious D fans right. didn't really like the movie. The, you know, it's like got like a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. And, and it was a box office bomb. You know, it, it cost like twenty million dollars, and um, and it only made like thirteen million worldwide. And it kind of dissuaded Jack Black from writing scripts. He fucking he like I don't know about now, but he uh, got really depressed about writing scripts because of how how poorly Tenacious D and the Pick of De- Destiny was received. <laughs> um, and I said, all right, I watch it. I'll watch it again just in case. I'll try to see it with new eyes because sometimes if you watch a movie under a different perspective, you can change things about it. Like, I, I you know, I, I, I said to uh, the lady who's doing my physical therapy, you know, she, we were talking about movies, 
And she, you know, I, I mentioned somehow we got into conversation about Quentin Tarantino, and I mentioned Django Unchained. She goes, well, I didn't really like that movie. You know, it was just too much action and blah blah blah. And I said, well, and I, and I went to this whole thing about how Quentin Tarantino is—he's a movie lover, and so his whole thing is about homages to films he grew up with. So everything that he makes always has connections to things he watched as a kid growing up. So I, I started naming off trivia for it. You know, like the 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 little Joe jacket that that. Jamie Foxx wore the whole movie and and you know him dancing you know him that that being his own personal horse and and characters that they do cameos that were in older stuff yeah and all of a sudden she's like oh yeah I got I get it I get you know what maybe I will watch it again and it's like perspective right so that's what I tried to do with Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny was to do change my perspective on it and try to look at it all right good news um and I wanted to look at it from the way my cousin looks at it. Like, this is her guilty pleasure movie. Like, say, Mortal Kombat from 1995 is my guilty pleasure movie. Okay? It it sucks, but there's something about it that I can always watch it. Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny is not a shitty movie, by the way. Um, but it can be a guilty pleasure. And it's definitely for fans of Tenacious D. Um, also, like I said, it's a mood thing. Like, if I'm in the mood for, for over-the-top Jack Black then this movie fucking rocks. But if I'm not in the mood where if I'm in that, that mindset where, where Jack Black's annoying to me, cause that's how he is for people. You know, you either love him or you hate him or you're just up and down me. It's roller coaster with, with Jack Black. So when I saw this movie, all those times, I think maybe, I, I don't know, <laughs> inconsistent, <coughs> but I watched it twice in the last two days and fucking this movie is hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. And and yeah, there's there's problems with it, of course. It's nowhere near a perfect movie, but the energy of Jack Black, I mean, dude, the guy is, he puts so much passion into this fucking character, um, you know, pretty much playing himself, um, his tenacious D self. Um, it, it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's almost inspiring at times how much he loves rock and roll. And I mean, because the inspiration for this is, of course, the quote unquote hair bands of the 80s more than anything. And, you know, the, the Dio and the and, and fucking Black Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, all these inspirations, you know, I mean, Dio even does a cameo in the movie and it's fucking great. Right. Because he's integrated into the Kickapoo song. Yeah. And the movie's awful, by the way. It, it's it grows on you. And you know what? I, I decided to look at it differently. And I watched, like I said, watched it twice. And I fucking. It is it is hilarious at times, and you're right. There's, it's not. It has stupid parts and parts that don't work. The Sasquatch part with John C. Riley playing Sasquatch mm-hmm. doesn't work. I it it just doesn't work. It, <coughs> it it's a waste of time. The movie you know waste. Also the part the whole part with Kyle Gass at the at the fraternity, you know, and everyone treats him like he's an old fart who has no talent. It was. It was that that stupid thing that mo- a lot of movies do, where they're trying to create conflict between the two leads for a moment, where they're angry with each other, and then they then they bond back together to to solve the to save the day, you know, kind of shit. Right. That was a big problem with me for the movie with the movie. But other than that, I mean, it's it's just goofy, entertaining, and a lot of the songs are really good. Some of them are stupider and shit, but a lot of songs are really cool. And then when you get to the end with Dave Grohl playing Satan fucking hilarious man i it just it, the makeup was awesome on him the the, the music just rocks it, it's i like 
I like Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. I, 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 my opinion on it has changed after more than now after five viewings of it. Right. <laughs> so thank you, Sharon, for recommending the movie again, um, because it is it is it is definitely worth seeing if you haven't seen it. Kyle Gass is, of course, he he's not as um, as uh, multi talented as an a- of an actor as Jack Black is, but he's still funny for him playing himself in the movie. Yeah. You know, and I love seeing a fat guy who who can move around like I can. Yeah, he's guy, spry. Yeah, the guy's very spry. And, uh, you know, uh, Tim Robbins playing this fucking stranger, this creepy, like, Eastern European stranger. Um, I love when Tim Robbins can make fun of, like, himself. He's not that serious of an actor where he wouldn't do something like, like say, uh, you know, uh, oh, my God. What's that guy's name who played uh, There Will Be Blood? He's, he's like, considered... Daniel Day Lewis, <laughs> my left foot. You would never. I don't think you'd ever see Daniel Day Lewis doing a fucking goofy role in a movie just for fun. He's always fucking hardcore. Just you know, uh, Lawrence Olivier, fucking actor, man, just committed to a serious role. Um, so Tim Robbins being funny, you know, having fun. It, that it just it's great. Um, ben Stiller, of course, does a does a cameo in the movie as well, and and just and there's a bunch of <laughs> shit. There's a bunch of ca- little cameos. Um, I highly recommend, I highly recommend the movie. Okay. Especially if you're in a goofy mood and you like, and this movie is a musical. I mean, in a way, I mean it, because it's always, they integrate, integrate their songs that they're doing into like the movie moving forward on its own anyway. So if you, if you're into like hardcore rock, hard rock musicals, then you will like pick up destiny. Cool. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. 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 All right. And <laughs> You're you're welcome, Sharon. I, there you go. I, I put off the farting corpse movie just so we could talk about your movie. I didn't watch anything this week, so you just grabbed a movie from the eighties. So I grabbed a movie from the eighties, exactly. <laughs> um, although we haven't, we've talked, we've touched on this movie um, in the past when we were talking about American Werewolf in London. Um, the yes. Howling is one of three movies that were made in the eighties that were based on werewolves. You have the American Werewolf in London. You have this one, and you have another one called Wolfen. Wolfen's actually a much better movie horror-wise mm-hmm. than these other two movies. Although on American Werewolf in London is classic; it's comedy horror. Yeah, this one not so much. This one was directed by Joe Dante. If you remember him from a little movie called Gremlins, uh, it won the 1980 Saturn Award for Best Horror Film while it was still in development. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, so I don't. That tagline is horribly written. Imagine your worst fear a reality. Yeah, just the way it's put together. I, imagine your worst fear a reality. Now, if there was like a comma, if there was a comma after fear, so imagine your worst fear. Um, it should be imagine comma your worst fear a reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to begin with this. <laughs> a nymphomaniac. Yeah, there's a. A sultry nymphomaniac named Marsha Quist. Um, D. Wallace plays Karen White. You sure it wasn't D. Wallace Stone at the time? Yes, it's D. Wallace who plays. Uh, here's the cast in case you get. Uh, look, Wikipedia doesn't really do a good job of. Um, I forgot Dennis Dugan was an actor before he was a director. Of uh, properly notating things. Uh, Patrick McNee, Dennis Dugan, yeah, we already said that. Christopher Stone. Oh, McNee. Belinda Belaski, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, John Carradine, Slim Pickens, uh, Robert Picardo, all these. Dick Miller, who is Dick Miller, is one of those guys that has been in every horror movie in the 1980s. Yeah, he he was in Gremlins, 
Uh, <laughs> he played their next door neighbor who got killed and was frozen in in his tractor. Yeah, yeah, he died, but he, he ends up dying. He's like, um, he's like a uh, 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 Sean Sean Bean. Yeah, who dies in every movie. Of course, that's Dick Miller from the eighties. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I don't even know where to begin with this. It's like. Here, uh, D. Wallace plays a, a, a Los Angeles television news anchor who happens to be stalked by a serial murderer by, who goes by the name of Eddie Quist. So what she does is, in cooperation with the police, she takes part in a scheme to capture Eddie by agreeing to meet him in a porno theater. <laughs> Why, I don't know. Eddie forces Karen to watch a video of a young woman being raped, and when Karen turns around to see Eddie, she screams. The police enter and shoot Eddie. Although Karen is safe, she suffers amnesia. Why, I don't know. Um, her therapist, Dr. George Wagner, decides to send her and her husband, Bill, to the Colony, a secluded resort in the countryside where he sends patients for treatment. And this is all to set up so that when they get to the Colony, they will become werewolves. Mm-hmm. You know, they they are um, seduced into thinking that this is a safe place. And, you know, um, I, I just, this movie is just so fucking cheesy. You know what's funny is I saw it as a little kid, so I took it seriously. And I, I all those scenes were like, you know, at nighttime where there he's like was well she sees the two right. werewolves fucking or the werewolf fucking the woman or whatever. Yeah, in the yeah, Bill and Marsha meet the 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 nymphomaniac seduces, you know, D Wallace's husband and then while having sex under the moonlight, they transform into werewolves, you know. Um I'm just trying to find out who the fuck this oh, Terry Fisher. Okay. So while at the colony, D. Wallace contacts her friend Terry Fisher, who and Terry connects the resort to Eddie Quist through a sketch he had left behind for whatever reason. So yeah. Terry becomes the investigator, and Terry is played by uh, Belinda Belaski, <gasps> whoever that is. <laughs> um, so Terry goes on this. Look, let me just get this straight. Movies like this in the 1980s were par for the course. Yeah. They were either really, really good or really, really bad. Studios took risks on movies like this because they knew already because of American Werewolf in London and a couple of other horror movies like Friday the 13th or Texas Chainsaw Massacre that there was an audience for these things. Yeah. When you have a movie like this, it's going to make money. The budget was $1.5 million. Oh, yeah. It made $20 million plus. It's a huge cult movie. It's shown every month or every year uh, during October. Yeah, don't they have like a like a just a straight up marathon with all of them or something? Absolutely. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> the effects in the movie were great, especially like the there's a there's a scene where and I was just getting to that scene where I was talking about it and I was having problems with actually doing the review. Yeah. I'm just going to from now on I'm just going to do the reviews like I want to do them instead of just this. You don't want to do the professional presentation? I don't like doing the fucking <laughs> bullshit. The 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 whole talk about the movie and the characters. Mm-hmm. I like talking about the movie and its place and time. Yeah, you know what? Look, look. But let me finish. You talk talk to me about a movie that you like the way that you talk. Yeah, I'm going. That's the way I'm going to do it. Do it. But there's a scene where this Terry Fisher character goes into. Um, it's not really. She goes into an office. Okay, and when she's in this office, she's looking for this connection between this Eddie Quist murderer character and this colony. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, as a, a, as things happen, Eddie 
comes into the office and attacks her and kills this Terry person. Okay. So when, but the transformation of the werewolf character, then that's what the scene I'm talking about. When he turns into the werewolf character, when he's in this area, when, when, when uh, Terry is investigating is amazing. Um, The guy that was supposed to do all the effects left and worked on American Werewolf in London. And we talked about that in a previous uh, podcast. Yeah. And there was reasons for it. Um, But the person that took over for the effects did a good job. So when you see the characters turning and when you see the, it looks like they're in pain and whatever else. Yeah. That that's authentic filmmaking. And that's what makes Joe Dante a really good director apart from all the other onesie twosie time directors that are out there for horror movies that got into it for one reason or another. And I'll give you an example. James Cameron, okay? He's not a onesie twosie, but what I'm saying is he fell into it because they needed an American name for a director for Piranha 2. Yeah. Coincidentally, Joe Dante directed the first Piranha. <laughs> so that's just it just kind of works hand in hand. <laughs> but... Directors are made or broken based on how they are able to handle movies. Obviously, James Cameron and Joe Dante were able to move forward. A lot of these directors weren't able to move forward because of their lack of commitment or their lack of caring, and they didn't want to deal with it. Some of them had huge fucking egos. But when you can move through the studio system without being a dickwad or without having to worry about anything and giving them product you're going to be a successful director. Yeah. And and studios are going to take risks on you. Well, that's that's pretty much gone now. You're not going to see these super low budget movies. This movie nowadays would have cost 70, 80, 100 million dollars and not 1.5 million, right? Yeah. And that's 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 a mistake. We should have all these low budget movies. We should have movies more like The Howling or whatever that are set pieces. Yeah. Get Out was a perfect example. Get Out was a low budget, what twenty million dollar movie or whatever it was. Yeah, it was not. It wasn't very high. And it's going to crank money. That movie is just going to crank money. It's one hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, it's over that. I think <coughs> it had four and a half million dollar budget. It had a four million dollar budget. Four and a half. Yeah. Four million dollar budget made a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Plus. <laughs> Boom. The Howling, $1.5 million budget. So you can still make movies on $5 million Look, and fucking crank regardless money. Regardless of what you think of them, or what even I think of them, uh, Paranormal Activity. Each one of those movies are made like on a $3 million budget. Blair Witch, Saw, etc. Fucking dude, $100 million. Yep. $80 million. It, yep. It's like pure profit. Yeah. After after the first $20 million, you're done. Yeah. And then all of it, all of it is just, you know, you're rolling in piles of money. That's think- what makes... But that's what made the 80s so good. Yeah. Is studios had no problem taking risks on movies like this. Canon films. Yeah. <laughs> but Canon films, they would they would roll money into losing properties. Yeah. And in and try to re like re Yeah, and paying them. for actors that they couldn't afford. Yeah. And that was a that was a problem with Canon films, but there was a there was a whole lot of problems with Canon Films and lack of communication. They were the they were the no limit <laughs> those the no limit uh, studios uh, version of uh, movie making. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So no limit records. Um, and the reason why I picked Howling is because I actually love this movie. It's fun to watch. 
when you have a director like Joe Dante who can do these films uh-huh. and bring a sense of value, even though it's low budget and there's some moments of cheesiness, you can see where he's going when you look at his other movies, Gremlins and whatnot. And <clears throat> he is able to bring across a certain sense of not, I don't want to say horror, terror in certain in, in in some of these scenes that makes you go wow Jesus he's fucking this the he he really knows how to set a scene yeah so yeah um explorers inner space the burbs all these movies that i love yeah. matinee small soldiers uh he did some stuff for amazing stories but yeah i mean he's done he's, he, how can you not love what joe dante's been able to do just on those movies alone. He, look, he started off doing Piranha and went to Howling and then did Explorers. Now, Explorers wasn't a great movie. They're remaking that. But there was some fucking great scenes when they're, you know, like in the space scene where the two aliens are just kids and the dad's fucking dressing them down yeah. and yelling and screaming at them. You know? Yeah. And they're just, they're, they're, they're scared, right? Yeah. Because they stole dad's car. Well, it's things like that that make Joe Dante really good at what he does. Yeah. And then he did something like the Burbs in Inner Space. Mm-hmm. You know, the Burbs especially. I mean, come on, that's 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 great filmmaking one on one right there. Yeah. And Small Soldiers is also good. it was not a bad movie. No, it wasn't. But with with the way that his with the way that he does things, like I said, <laughs> he is able to make a movie. That resonates. It's obvious. Joe Dante, didn't he direct the third Jurassic Park? No. Oh, that's Joe Johnston. My bad. Joe Johnston, yes. So uh, he did, uh, he, he, he fucking. Uh, did both Gremlins. Police Squad TV series. Twilight Zone, the movie. Uh, yeah, both Gremlins. Um, Erie, Indiana. Matinee. Just trying to think. Looney Tunes back in action. Uh, the whole 3D. Splatter. Legends of Tomorrow. Things like that. I don't really need to get into all of them, but let me ask you something about okay about Howling. The scene at the end of the movie where uh-huh. she reveals herself on, on live TV to be a werewolf, and right. then she gets and then she gets shot. What is that scene? How do you remember that scene? Like, like what's your re- response to it? Your reaction to it? What do you mean? Like, did you take it seriously, or was it goofy looking? Was it stupid? Was I? I'm the end. It's an interesting way to end a movie mm-hmm. in the fact that she comes on live TV because she's a reporter. Yeah. And she says, hey, werewolves are real, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then she turns into a werewolf, you know, and then and then she's shot by, you know, uh, one of the dudes that has happens to have a gun with a silver bullet in it, right? Yeah. And no one knows if that's actually real or if it's, you know, all staged, yeah. right? <clears throat> However, the way the way that I see it, look, Dee Wallace is not a great actress. <laughs> she's she's okay, yeah, but she can't sell a scene like that. They should have had someone else that could sell the scene. Holy shit! I didn't realize this. I never really thought about it, but her character in in E. T. the mom the mom of course, uh, uh-huh. she was going through depression that whole movie, wasn't uh-huh. it? Her character. I didn't even think about it because I always think about the kids in E. T. Right. Right. But yeah, she's fucking. She was also in Cujo. Oh, she was in, dude. She was in uh, the Frighteners. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, Critters. 
<laughs> I love critters, man. <laughs> and hungry heifer, we won't give you a bump steer. <laughs> that was from part two, but yeah. Right. Uh, so that scene to me, when I saw it as a kid, because um, my mom was, she had a friend like back in, I don't know, 1981, 1982. And uh, they, they, they had money. We weren't loaded, but they had, compared to us, because we were you know, a Goodwill family, uh-huh. um, they had money. And so when we would hang out at his house, um, they had HBO and cable Ooh. in the early 80s. So it was like, oh, shit. They got so they rich. I got to watch like movies like The Fog and, and stuff like that um, on, on, on their TV. And The Howling was on. And I watched it with my mom. And that scene at the end, it was, to me, it was so like, like, you know when a movie, when you were younger and a movie ends and it, it's... There's something so uh, like scary or melancholy about it that it sticks with you for a while. Uh-huh. Like the ending of fucking Pet Cemetery stuck with me for so long after seeing that shit. I couldn't even sleep that night. Um, but and now I watch it and it's stupid. <laughs> it's fucking I'm like that that used to fuck with you. And then the song by the Ramones, uh, Pet Cemetery, right. that would play during the end credits. All that shit was like it was just kept replaying in my head over and over again. I couldn't go to school the next day. It was like what the fuck. And so I went to school the next day, but I didn't sleep all night because I kept thinking about the movie. It scared me. And it just like something stuck with me, right? I'm well, scared. That scene from The Howling where she turns into a werewolf on camera, um, I don't remember anything else about it. All I remember is her turning into a camera and everyone freaking out. And and then that was it. And then I remember it just being like this this moment that was so scary and, <laughs> and like uh, real. It was like it was real, you know? And I, you know, me being a little teeny kid at the time, I didn't understand the subplots or anything like that. So the fact that some people thought it was fake, you know, during the, in the movie, characters in the movie thought it was fake. Uh Like it might've been just special effects or anything. I don't remember any of that stuff. I just remember the fact that it happened. And, and I haven't seen the movie since then. I have not seen the howling since I was a little kid and it was close to being new. Okay. So that scene stuck with me. I watch it like once a year. That last scene stuck with me. And I bet you though, if I watched it now, I would be like, what the fuck was your problem? <laughs> and you know what? I kind of miss that. And I, me being someone who's as, you know, quote unquote seasoned as I am as a movie watcher and a reviewer. I'm seasoned. I, I kind of miss. Lightly seasoned. I kind of miss that, that, that innocence, you know, that, that naivete, you know. Of that, because like when we make fun of people that love to go see the new Transformers or or dumb comedies like Ride Along and stuff like that, and we're judgmental of them because they're like, why the fuck do you want to keep paying money to see this sh- this shit, right? Right. But but we'll pay money to see fucking cheesy eighty movies. But yet, because we're stupid. If if we're we're people that see movies all the time, and we talk about the whole medium of movie making. So, but look at other people that just go to the movies every once in a while or whatever, and they don't take it as seriously as we do as like a hobby or whatever. Right. Like they see it through different eyes. So it's, it could be more entertaining for them, you know? And I, I kind of miss that, that like the whole, like I said, that innocence thing when, for me being a kid, cause I, I guarantee you that that movie had way more resonance, resonance with me back then as a kid than it would now. I watch it now. I'd be like, I don't want to ever see this again or something. You know, I, I don't, I don't see what the big fucking deal is. Right. You know? I kind of miss that. I kind of miss that 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 because movies don't do that for me anymore. It, you know, there's some that can touch, you know, can that can hit an emotional chord, you know, like say when you're watching, uh, I don't know, the Imitation Game or something, you know, and, and you see what 
Cumberbatch's character is going through about, you know, being treated the way he's treated because he's gay and stuff like that. It, you know, it was powerful performance and you feel it at that moment or the end of American Sniper or something like that or, or you know, it, but that's that's just one kind of feeling, you know, that's like an empathy kind of thing, right? But I'm talking about the, like an impact of a movie where it like, it emotionally scars you for a moment. You know what I mean? Like just right at that moment, it it hits you so hard. And the howling, that scene in the howling did that to me as a kid. A lot of movies didn't do that, but that movie did. I took it really seriously at the time. Okay. So I need to see it again. I need to see that scene again just to see how fucking retarded it probably looks to me now. Um, I'll, I'll check it out when I get a chance. But um, do you have anything else to say about this movie? Sorry. No. I didn't want to hijack your you thing. You did. You always do. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Is that a good or a bad thing? It doesn't matter. It is what it is. It is what Case it is. Case All right. So, um, lastly, uh, there's just a couple fucking news things, man, I, I wanted to mention. Um, three trailers came out in the past week. Of course, um, the uh, the Death Note trailer, the American version, live action, or not live action, the the movie version, American-wise, of Death Note. The uh, you know the manga that was also made into an animation uh, animation like twenty seven episodes I believe uh, Netflix I did not know this but Netflix apparently um, bought the rights to make the film it's like a fifty million dollar budget and it's going to be coming uh, premiering on Netflix in August and it it looks big budget I mean you look at the trailer it doesn't show a whole lot which is good because it kind of wets the whistle but it looks interesting I just don't and it's got Willem Dafoe doing the voice of uh, of the demon which I further for the most part, I cannot remember what the the demon's name is because I haven't watched Death Note in a very long time. But I love the anime. The anime was really good. Um, it was intriguing, compelling. It was just I liked it. That was one of those things that actually, um, when someone highly, when uh, one of my family members highly recommended it, I gave it a chance because I didn't I didn't like anime at all at the time, not at all. And Death Note is what got me into giving anime a chance. For the most part, like now, when someone says, "Oh, this one's really good," uh, not when my daughter, because she likes that fucking lovey-dovey Black Butler shit, but I'm talking about um, stuff like One Punch Man, things like that. Um, I and also good Cowboy Bebop. You know, even though Cowboy Bebop came out before Death Note, I didn't see Cowboy Bebop until after Death Note. Death Note made it made me more open to watching anime. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. So I, I'm interested in seeing this movie. I don't have high hopes for it because. Americanizing things, they always fuck it up. I'm going to be a dick about this. Yeah. You've gone on for three fucking minutes <laughs> about the Death Note trailer for whatever reason. Stop fucking vamping for time. If you want, you can cut into it. I, I don't need to. You're doing a fine job. If I have anything to say, you know I'll say something. I'm doing it right now. William, just to let you know, son, you're doing a fine vamping. Yes, <laughs> three fucking minutes of vamping. All right, you, you all. Anyway, I, I'm do I'm I'm giving you a dressing down, but it's not really a dressing down because you do this at the end of every podcast, like you need to extend the time for whatever fucking reason. I got shit to talk about. So let's no, you don't. You just want to talk about shit, which is fine. It's fine to want to talk about it, but hot air is better. God than, damn it! Hot air is better than dead air. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyway, I want to see the Death Note movie, I, but I like I said, I've got my finally, I've got my reservations about it. Who cares? It's it'll we'll see it anyway, so it doesn't matter. And Willem Dafoe, of course. Norman. I've never watched the anime, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Death Naughty. The uh, the other trailer was um, the Spider-Man Homecoming. That looks interesting. That looks good. It, um, half of the trailer was pretty much stuff we've already seen, but I, I look, it fucking looks better than the other shit. Look, they don't bring up dead Uncle Ben. Uh, dead Uncle Ben. No. I just mortied it or ricked it. <laughs> and um, they don't, it, it seems to be more of a Tony Stark type of thing. Yeah. Uh, look, I grew up with the whole Peter Parker, dead Uncle Ben thing. Yeah. And now they're kind of changing it so that he's been involved with Iron Man. I can deal with that. Yeah. I can deal with that if it's a good reason. Yeah. You know, so, so far they haven't given me a reason not to, you know, want to see this movie. Yeah. yeah well, I think it was their way of having a quick connection to having Spider-Man show up now. You know, since they've been doing a quick connection, they already had a quick connection. He was in the last Avengers film or yeah. Captain America film or whatever, which was an Avengers film. <laughs> yeah, same difference. I know. All right. Uh, so anyway, the new Spider-Man, and this look, this trailer, it does what's right. It does the way that we're used to, the way that we it like it. Get you involved, okay? And then they had the other trailer that came out this weekend, which fucking Warner Brothers, man. Everyone's all, oh, the Justice League Justice trailer. Justice League. The Justice League trailer. It's like, oh, it's showing Marvel. What's up? No, it's not. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, how? Yeah. I look. Look, the only good part about that is at the end. What's your superpower? <laughs> I'm rich. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And then Tony. Thank you. But and but they already had fucking uh, Tony Stark do that in the Avengers movie. I know, but it's, it's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I know. Look, here's my whole entire issue with this <laughs> Justice League thing yeah. is. Who the fuck thought it would be a good idea for the caped crusader, uh-huh. who is the lone gunman yes. with his companions yeah. of lone gunman? Be the recruiter? Yeah. He doesn't want to join the... Ju- if you watch and read the history of uh-huh. all the Justice League, Batman doesn't want to join the Justice League. Uh, he is a loner. Leave me the fuck alone. Let yeah. Me do my thing. I, I, will, I will come to you. Yeah. When you're ready for me, not the other way around. Yeah. So you have Batman recruiting for the Justice League, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. <laughs> well, Superman's still dead. You have Batman recruiting for the Justice League, which <laughs> makes no sense after the Doomsday fiasco, yeah. when in fact the whole Doomsday fiasco was started because of the Justice League, mm-hmm. if you read the book. Where Green Lantern and Blue Beetle and a bunch of others from the Justice League come attack <laughs> Doomsday. Yeah. And he goes on this fucking rampage, you know. And then Superman gets involved, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Long story short, Batman was not the guy that started the Justice League. It was Superman. It was, I mean, he was part of it, but it was Superman and a, and a couple of others yeah. that were involved. And now you have, let me get this right. You have Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg. And Flash. The Flash and Batman as the Justice League. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look something up here. Hold on a second. Okay. The traditional founding members of the Justice League were Aquaman, Batman, the Flash, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, which we haven't seen yet, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Where's Cyborg? Where's Green he Man? was replaced in yeah. in this new canon? Martian Man, Martian Manhunter is instead a member of Stormwatch. He is replaced by in the Justice League by Cyborg. Uh, that's that's a DC thing because Stormwatch came from 
from Jim Lee's studio when DC bought Jim Lee's company. Yeah. Which is fine, sort of. The actual origins of the whole thing are really, really simple. And here we go. I hate fandom powered by Wikia. No, <laughs> I want Wikipedia because Wikipedia is the knowledge of all the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the original, the seven original members were just as I said. The roster has rotated to include Black Canary, Captain Marvel, Green Arrow, Hawkman, Cyborg, and Plastic Man. By the way, Plastic Man, if you read, if you read uh, uh, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. Plastic Man's fucking insane, which is really cool—a a cool way to do that. Yeah, That's, uh, that just brought back all that. Now, Batman didn't fucking found the Justice League. I'm trying to find uh, who did. Do, 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 do. I think Martian Manhunter was the first one to actually. Uh, oh, see, this is all New 52 that you have on the screen right now. So New 52 is changing shit up anyway. I, yeah, they always change shit up, but th- those are the actual first ones. So the New 52 isn't changing the origins of the founding members. That's just giving you a list of the New 52. These are the originals. Yeah. With Green Lantern. Well, Cyborg's not part of it. Martian Manhunter was, I think. (sighs) Didn't you just give me shit about Death Note? (laughs) Yeah, I'm (laughs) so sorry. (laughs) So, while you're looking this stuff up, this is my take on this trailer, okay? This is the Avengers trailer from 2012, done Sucker Punch style. Yeah. And that's it. It's not, there's nothing special about it. It's just a bunch of action scenes. A cyborg is made to look like fucking Iron Man, all right? Even when he's flying through the air. Yeah, so the original members are Batman. So that that was right. Yeah, and, and look, I just... <laughs> they're not they're not blowing my skirt up, gentlemen. Yeah. So, yes, the original members that were first introduced in The Brave and the Bold, March 1960, with the incarnation they found, they found it lasting until the mid-'80s. Martian Manhunter was the founding member, John Johns. Or Jones, John Jones, with Aquaman, Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. And Batman had always fought against that, but finally joined. And then you have all the recruits, Green Arrow, Adam, Hawkman, Black Canary, Phantom Stranger, Elongated Man, Red Tornado, Hot Girl, Zatanna, Firestorm, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> if you watch the cartoon Justice League, they do it right. Why can't they just fucking do that? Why is it that every director that comes in has to put their mark on it Yeah. instead of just making it right? This is what Marvel keeps from these other directors doing. Yeah. It's a weird sentence. This is how Marvel keeps other directors from putting their quote-unquote mark on it. That's why Josh Lee Whedon left. Yeah, Edgar Wright also. They want it just like this. Mm-hmm. The origin story has to be this, et cetera, et cetera, They et don't cetera. want to chips it? <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with it. Yeah. And look, my, I was sitting in the car with my son the other day. Um, it was, uh, we were waiting for my grandma in the store. And I put on the Justice League trailer for, for, for uh, William to watch. And and he goes, yeah, it looks pretty cool. And I said, yeah, but let me ask you something. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. When you're thinking about like my huge movie library and, and we want to watch a superhero movie, what pops in your head first? Do you want to watch a Marvel movie or do you want to watch a DC movie? And he said, Marvel. 
I said, why? He goes, I don't know. I just, that's always, and I, you know, and I explained to him the reason why is because Marvel, for the most part, is doing the job right. They're entertaining. They're, they're taking the stories in these directions that they should be going. And DC is not. DC is, DC Warner Brothers is so focused on trying to be the Avengers that they are fucking up this whole thing. They're fucking it up. They're ruining it. It's, it's, you know, and there's no, I'm not one of those DC versus Marvel people. I'm not. It's just like with Star Wars versus Star Trek. I'm not. I'm for both of them. I am for DC and I am for Marvel. Okay. I might have my particulars that I like more, but I still want them both to be fucking awesome. And DC is not doing it awesome. They're doing it under tainted, tainted eyes. They, they, they keep, they're not, they don't see any of this big picture. They don't see shit. And, this trailer just is another example to me. They're not trying hard enough. They're just trying to mimic, and their mimicking is fucking horrible. So, anyway, uh, I I don't I don't still. There's nothing about this trailer that's getting me excited about Justice League. I don't care if you put a rock beat into it and you have slow motion fucking scenes of, of Jason Momoa's hair flying through the air. I don't give a shit. Uh, all right, so that's that's it for trailers. Um, quick news, man. The Escape from New York remake. Uh, finding out about uh, Robert Rodriguez uh, might be doing uh, directing duties on that, which is is fucking cool because who else who who better than to do an Escape from New York remake, you know, than Rob Rod, <coughs> right? As someone had mentioned when I shared this, why? Well, because here's the thing: they had been planning on doing a, an Escape from New York remake for at least the last decade. Why? Um, Gerard Butler, because that's Hollywood. They always want to do remakes of shit, right? Well, they're, I mean, they're doing Big Trouble in Little China. I know. When is the Prince of Darkness going to have a fucking remake, right? Or Star, star uh, Starman. <laughs> so I'm naming all the Carpenter movies. Um, I don't think that, look. It, I Look, I, I, I like the fact that Robert Rodriguez is doing it, but you got to get the right actor in there. Yeah. And so, look, I, I don't look. They were originally they were going to have uh, Gerard Butler play Snake Plissken, which would have been weird with his accent. But I don't know. Gerard Butler is a good actor. He's entertaining. So I, they might have been able to make it work. I don't know. We're never going to see that anyway because that fell apart. Um, but the 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 movie's being written by uh, Neil Cross, who created the show Luther for BBC. Okay. Which, which you know, great with Idris Elba, and then uh, Carpenter's executive producing. So right, I look. I they're gonna do it one way or another. So the fact that that Carpenter's involved with it, hopefully that 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 can take it in a proper direction. And Rob Rod, dude, I mean he loves this shit. So hopefully, yeah, know, but it doesn't mean it's going to be good. I know, I know. <laughs> um, he's a, he's a hit or miss type of guy. Yeah. So there's you know there's the chance with that. Um, <laughs> I want to bring this up because th- th- we both noticed this. This is. Uh, Remember a couple years ago when we saw Child 44 and we thought that the movie tried to cover too many different things in so, so, so short a time and so the movie failed because of it? Right. Well, I just read about the director, uh, Daniel Espinoza, um, who's also done movies like Safe House, um, Easy Money from 2010, and Life. Okay, Life that just came out. Uh-huh. Each one of those movies, his original director's cut that he wanted to do but the studio refused to let him was always at least a half hour to an hour longer each, if not more. Um, even Safe House. Safe House was supposed to be originally a three-hour movie. Remember how you said Safe House sucked? Yeah. With Denzel Washington and, and Ryan Reynolds? 
Yes, exactly. So it's where he, uh, I don't even remember seeing that movie. Denzel Washington's a criminal, and Ryan Reynolds is trying to protect him in custody, like he's a federal agent. And people are trying. I know, to but him. I don't remember seeing that movie. Exactly. The, the, the that was, was like uh, three years ago, right? Yeah, it was like four, three, yeah, four or five, I think. So I saw that at the drive-in. So anyway, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because he he said in an interview that Child 44 was originally over 300 minutes long that he filmed it. That's that's like, what is it? That's like four hours. That's five hours. So the original cut of Child 44 is five hours long. So I, I'm bringing it up because that's. Like, damn, if you had done his vision the way he had done it, you know, he planned on doing it, we would have probably seen a better movie. I, I, don't, I don't look, I don't want to sit there for five fucking hours, but you know what I mean, right? Right. You could tell that movie was chopped the fuck up and it was chopped up. So, uh, but he said, Yeah, there, there was a lot of stuff that was, that should have been done, but it was never done. Yeah, exactly. And I bet you that's in that director's cut, which is more twice as long. 900,000 years of fucking <laughs> director's yeah. cut. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, there's no word on if they're going to release a later version. I, I and I'm not going to commit five hours to to Child 44. Now, you you fucked up the first time. I'm good. You done fucked up. You done fucked up, homie. So, uh, and then though, this is for you. This is some news for you, man. Great. You're an '80s action horror movie guy. Um, Nicholas Winding Refn. I don't. Well, I, I don't Rain. know. If it's Ran Ni- or Refn. It's, or- it's Nicholas Winding Rain. Okay. Who directed Drive? Okay, which is a I love that movie with Ryan Gosling. Derv. Um, he is going to, and this is a guarantee. He's involved with the uh, remake of Maniac Cop. Sweet. And uh, and so uh, and also one of the co-writers on the film is uh, the guy who co-wrote uh, Civil War. You know, Captain America: Civil War. Great. So I thought that not would be- Guns and Roses: Civil War. I don't need your Civil War. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I thought uh, you you like Media Cop, so boom. All right, uh, before we close out, I have one thing left. <sighs> Netflix has announced that they have renegotiated with Adam Sandler, and now instead of four films, he will be doing with them. It will now be at least a total of eight, eight Adam Sandler films Ermigard. that are going to be coming out. Ermigard. I don't care. To a streaming device near you. I, you, you know why? <laughs> you know why? Where? I'm sticking with the I don't care. I know. I will never watch another Adam Sandler movie again. Not even the Stanley Wexler thing? I No. No. I will not. I, I don't blame you. I really, I do I, not blame I'm, you. I'm putting my fucking foot down. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I thought I'd announce that because, you know, it's like, uh, I guess, Netflix, apparently Netflix is making a shitload of money off Adam Sandler being on there. On there. The, they get more views off of his movies that they made than anything else that they've had on there. That's great. So. Which is, they're probably lying. Well, I don't fucking know. Got a fucking, they, they've got two Dave Chappelle series on there telling me that that doesn't get more views than fucking Adam Sandler. Um, uh, fuck them in their glory hole. <laughs> yeah, so um what was it? I want uh I would I want I would read to you what the fucking director said. Or not the guy, the guy um uh what the fuck's this guy's name? You know what? Give me a second cuz I I wanted to read this guy's statement. It was fucking it was just, you know, the what do you call it? Lip service, you know. The blatant bullshit lip service that no one really sure because we have to vamp for fucking time. I'm not vamping. I wanted to talk about this. 
I wanted to talk about it. And Alan luckily, you can edit this part down. So Yeah. There's a fucking video called Turbo Kill. Turbo Killer. Not Turbo Killer. Well, Turbo you Kill. Cl- you clicked on Turbo Killer. See, fucker. The guy's name is Carpenter Brute. <clears throat> I can't watch this. I can't even listen to this fucking movie. This <laughs> music. Is it too intense for you, Mike? No, the drums are off. And it's fucking... We're going to endorse a company, a company, a uh. <coughs> Bloody Music presents Perturbator, and it's all done in, it's it's called Sentience, a music video, uncensored, the uncanny valley, but it's all done in um, 8-bit graphics. Huh. Yeah, it's like a, um, a, a CD-ROM game animation. Yeah. Like, um, like Full Throttle or any of those LucasArts games. It's always down to Lucas. It's actually pretty well done. God damn it. Jesus Christ, Joe. No, no, there's fucking pop-ups and shit. They, they, ugh. This is not difficult. What is it? No, 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 I'm already there. Just fucking, I, 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 I move my finger to push it, and then all of a sudden a stupid pop-up comes right, right before my finger touches, so then it goes to the fucking ad instead. Because you clicked on the very first link instead of... Here's the four year. Here's the four. You're looking at the four film deal, right? I've got it. I'm on it right now. Okay. So, according to Ted Sarantos, who's the Netflix chief content officer, he he said in a statement, Adam Sandler is one of the leading comedians in the film world, and his movies have proven to be extremely successful with our subscribers from around the world. We are thrilled at the opportunity to extend our partnership with Adam and his entire team at Happy Madison and keep the world laughing. Who the fuck is laughing? How about this one? Sandler, liberated from the constraints of formula, reveals unexpected depths as an actor. Constraints of formula? His formula is the same lame shit every fucking time. How the fuck did Roger Ebert write about Sandy Wexler? (laughs) Please explain to me. This year also sees Sandler make a rare sojourn into indie cinema, starring alongside Ben Stiller, Thompson, Dustin Hoffman, and Noah Baumbach's Yadinka Kissa. Yadinka Kissa. Sandler's last indie, Paul Thomas Anderson's 2002 romance, Punch Drunk Love. Okay, that's okay. where he said Sandler liberated from the constraints of formula. Not really, but. In that movie, I, I like that. I don't want to get into that fucking movie. But no, it's a good movie. It is a good movie. I just the, the musical score was a pain in the ass. But Ted Sarandos revealed that The Ridiculous Six had more viewers in its first 30 days than any other film on the platform, which is garbage bullshit. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. That's that's. You have to have 50 million people watching that movie in 30 days, and 50 million people did not watch that movie. Holy shit. Netflix is the Las Vegas for retiring performers. <laughs> Holy shit. Is it? Yeah, Adam Sandler, man. He didn't go to Vegas. He went to fucking Netflix. <laughs> what does that say about Daredevil? He's the Celine Dion. Or Marvel Studios. <laughs> oh, they, they're they like the Raiders. They buy up the fucking, the old, the 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 the, 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 the potential Hall of Famers or all the, you know, the, the, all the guys on the, the end of it and then they revamp them. Well, then they, you know, then they end up losing a Super Bowl Bowl, but you know what I mean. No. <laughs> you know, like Jerry Rice and Warren, uh, uh, Sap. No. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Thank you. Warren Sap and things like that. It was like the the Florida. 
Next movie that we are going to be talking about on a couple of average shows <laughs> on Cinescape Movie Reviews, of course, uh, is going to be the PG-13 Americanized whitewashed version of Ghost in the Shell star- starring Shell Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> that was a great accent. <laughs> I love that. So we will be seeing that film, and hopefully, uh, its its pussy ass rating will not affect the overall viewing experience. I am Joe Spiegel, Mike Sutherland. Catch y'all on the flip side. Good show, jolly good show, jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle. That's what I call it. My handle. You can tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at. Tweet me. You can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah. Follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> you can Twitter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at... What about you? MPS 5150, because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah? Yes. All you what do button? The little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love, and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well, what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> shower, yeah. Share, share the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> this is the end. It's the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Argo, fuck yourself.